Hello, hello. Welcome to the Natural Birth Co. Podcast. Thank you so much for popping on. Today, we are talking about physical preparation for birth. So as majority of you guys probably know, we break birth preparation down into three main aspects that we help you prepare with to have that natural birth experience. So the physical preparation of the body, the mental preparation of the mind, and the preparation of the partner. Today we're going to break down the physical preparation, what we do, why we do it, how it helps you have a natural birth experience, and why it is absolutely essential. I really, really hope you enjoy. Feel free to to share this podcast with other pregnant women around you so that they can hear all the goodness on how to prepare for their natural experience as well. Amazing. Thanks so much. Enjoy the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Natural Birth Co. We help women and their partners prepare physically and mentally for a natural and empowering birth experience. With pregnancy yoga, Pilates, and workshops, all led by our registered midwife, we have a studio here on the Sunshine Coast, Australia. Otherwise, all of our services are available online. You can learn more at naturalbirthco.com. If you wish to advertise on this podcast, you can visit naturalbirthco.com forward slash pregnancy dash podcast. Now enjoy this ad-free episode. Let's get straight into it. Now, here at Natural Birth Co., we discuss the preparation required to birth naturally, especially if we're looking at a first-time mama, where we have no idea how you birthed previously. We have no idea what kind of shaped pelvis you have, how your births go down, how long your natural labor is meant to go, when you're meant to go into labor naturally. Um, So we look at preparing from three aspects, and this is to physically prepare, mentally prepare, and to prepare your partner. And through my experience as a midwife at the hospital, but also with my mamas at the business, I have really noticed over the three years of the business how much those three aspects are all super duper necessary. We can prepare our body and minds, but if our partner's not prepared when it comes to your actual birth experiences, when some things can go a bit AWOL um, and vice versa with the other ones too. So preparing these three aspects I find super duper important. For the sake of today's podcast, we're just going to break down the physical preparation and then in coming weeks, we're going to do the mental preparation and preparation of your partner. So stay tuned. Um, Now, the idea behind physical preparation is to get the body in a position where labor is as comfortable as it can be. Now, when I say this, I obviously don't mean labor to be actually comfortable, um, but there can be more labors that are more uncomfortable than others. So when we're physically prepared, we can help ourselves have a labor that is as comfortable as it can be. Um, Then the labor continues progressively and efficiently. The baby descends down, down, down the pelvis. The cervix receives that beautiful pressure from the bubby's head and the cervix opens progressively. The baby continues to move down once the cervix is 10 centimeters dilated. Crowns, comes on out, skin to skin, all beautiful love bubble there. Now, the body then can physically support you with the strength and endurance to move intuitively. This is all well and good if our body is intuitively telling us where to go, but if we don't have the physical strength to be able to hold ourselves up any longer, uh, we're not going to physically be able to get into those positions that we need to for our um, 
pelvis to have the space to birth our baby. So these are three aspects that, um, that are super important for the physical preparation and what we kind of focus on throughout the session of today, the podcast of today. So when preparing physically for birth, we include building mobility in the joints of the pelvis. We include building balance in the ligaments and muscles that surround and are within the uterus and the pelvis. We include building strength in the legs and the glutes particularly, and maintaining some mild core work to reduce your abdominal separation and also to improve your postnatal recovery. So each of these four aspects, let's break them down a little further. Why the heck are they important? Why do we need to have things like balanced ligaments, etc.? And how can we go about doing that? So first one, building mobility in the joints within the pelvis. Okay, so what I mean by this is we have three main joints within the pelvis. This is our symphysis pubis joint at the front here. And then we have our sacroiliac joints at the back. Now, all three of these joints being super mobile for the process of your birth experience is really important. So when we simply use these joints, we create lubrication, flexibility, mobility, just from using them. So as baby passes down in labor, baby's head will physically move bone out of the way. So this symphysis pubis joint at the front will physically open wider than normal. This sacrum at the back will literally push out. Now, when we have mobility, lubrication, flexibility within these joints of the pelvis, this happens in a much more comfortable way for the mother. So it's less painful when these joints are moving when they're already mobile as opposed to when they're immobile and no lubrication, no flexibility. But it also happens in a much easier way as well in the sense of they actually do move out, which is creating the space that baby needs to get on out. So what's important here? Um, sorry, let me just check in. Yes, amazing. So when baby wants to move on through the pelvis, if they, if the joints have been used throughout the pregnancy and they're already mobile, lubricated, flexible, they're going to move with much more ease, creating a more comfortable labor and also a shorter and easier labor for babes to be able to navigate its way out of the pelvis. Now, if we are not using our joints in pregnancy, so we're not moving our body very much, we're not walking very much, we're very stationary, maybe at a desk job a lot, coming home to chill on the couch, not moving our pelvis very much throughout pregnancy, the joints become immobile. They're not moving very much, they're not lubricated, they're not flexible, they're very stationary and rigid. So when it comes to your baby trying to enter the pelvis and move through the pelvis, we haven't got much opening of this symphysis pubis joint at the front. We haven't got much flexibility of this sacrum at the back, which is required for your baby to have the space to be able to get down. So one, this is going to be way more uncomfortable when baby is pushing the sacrum out of the way and these joints are moving for the first time in a long time. That's going to be much more uncomfortable for your labor than if they were used often. But as well, that sacrum may physically not be able to move, especially as much as what it needs to for the baby to be able to fit through. 
Now, what that could result in is a physical obstruction within the pelvis and babes can just not get that bone out the way and it can just not fit out because that tailbone is so tucked under and not budging. So, um, yes, when it comes to mobility of the pelvis, it is really, really amazing to be able to use them frequently throughout pregnancy. Now, when I say use them frequently, we want to be using the joints of the pelvis in multiple different ways. So in Natural Birth Co, we do it a lot with our yoga, Pilates, and our body balancing. So essentially, you're wanting to get all different rotations of the pelvis, all different ways of moving around. Um, other ways that can be really great for this is walking, but not just your standard walking on a road every single day, because that is just every day moving the pelvis in the same way. We want to create internal rotation, external rotation, stretching of the different symphysis pubis, um, sorry, sacroiliac joints at the back, stretching of the symphysis pubis at the front. So um, this can be really great in doing stairs as well because when that, that femur bone is lengthening up higher and higher, especially if you've got some nice um, deep stairs, that can be really great for changing the shape of the pelvis in different ways doing things like gutter walking where one foot is up on a gutter, one foot's on the road and you're walking in this asymmetrical way, really great for creating mobility of the pelvis. Um, and also beach walking because your feet are slipping and sliding everywhere. So that can be really amazing too. Um, another great one that I actually really quite enjoy for um, my mamas in pregnancy is swimming. So swimming is really, really amazing for the ligaments and muscles that surround the uterus and the pelvis and heaps for the um, pelvic mobility as well and lubrication. Also can be really helpful for relieving pains in um, pregnancy. Cool, so um, when you move in pregnancy, just make sure it's pregnancy safe. Um, yeah, make sure we're doing pregnancy safe movements. Make sure you're maybe guided by someone who specializes in pregnancy or you've got advice from someone who specializes in pregnancy saying that it's okay to move that way. A good little rule of thumb is to um, not overexert yourself too much in the sense of cardio. If um, you know running or something is your thing and that feels good for you and um, your women's health physio or your GP has said it's okay to keep going, keep going. But just not overexerting yourself too much, not huffing and puffing too much. And we're the same in Pilates is that sometimes a, a few of the things can be a little bit cardio based and um, we don't want to be huffing and puffing too much, not getting that um, rest rate or that heart rate up too much. So let's go to the second way that we um, prepare ourselves physically for a natural labor. So building balance in the ligaments and muscles that surround and are within the uterus and the pelvis. Now, I go on about this a lot, and this is really recent research over the last three to five years that is actually coming out about the importance of balance in the ligaments and muscles that surround the uterus and the pelvis how this very much impacts your actual birth experience. Now, I actually mentioned this in um, my VBAC podcast just the other day about the fact that the ligaments and muscles massively impacts your chances of having a natural vaginal birth where baby can actually pass through. A big part of the balance in the ligaments is actually creating obstructions within the pelvis. So anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me start from the start. So. Balance in the ligaments and muscles that surround the uterus and pelvis. So the ligaments have two main roles in labor. One, they guide baby into the optimal position for your individual pelvis. If you want more information on this, I've got a podcast a couple of episodes back about optimal position for babes. 
and two, they guide baby as they descend through the pelvis through flexion, which is chin to chest, and rotation as baby rotates their way down and through the pelvis. So these are two really important aspects of having a natural birth, is that your baby starts in the position that's most optimal for your pelvis, and that they're guided to flex and rotate down through the pelvis to be able to get on out. So the ligaments being a balance is what allows your body to have an efficient and progressive labor, okay? This is what allows your contractions to progressively descend your baby through the pelvis. So ideally, labor starts, your baby's head is already engaged and baby is already in the optimal position for your pelvis. Now this is already a sign of balanced ligaments when this happens. Then as labor starts and the contractions are pushing baby down, down, down through the pelvis, baby's head is descending lower and lower and lower through the pelvis. The head is also flexing and wiggling and wiggling around. It might be tilting a little, tilting a little, flexing, deflexing, all sorts of things, wiggling its way out. And I always explain this like taking a tight ring off a finger. You've got to have a wiggle of the ring and also a wiggle of the finger. So the mum has got to be moving as well as the ring is moving to be able to navigate their way out of this super duper tight space, right? We're talking about pushing a baby out of a vagina. It's not going to be an easy task. They're not just going to slip on out. It's going to take lots of mobility and lubrication and um, guidance of Bubby's head to get on out of the pelvis. So now, as the Bubby's head descends through the pelvis, the head is putting pressure on the cervix. Now, hopefully, because baby's head engaged before labor even started, hopefully the cervix is already slightly matured. And then, as baby continues to descend down through the pelvis and that head pressure is getting firmer and firmer on that cervix, that cervix continues to open wide, right? That cervix eventually gets to 10 centimeters. The contractions continue to push and push and push Bubby down through the pelvis, allowing the baby to come through the vagina and come on out crown onto your chest, skin to skin, happy days. So that is what the ligaments can do when they're really well balanced, their role is to guide baby with ease to flex and rotate through the pelvis. Now, body balance is actually, when the body isn't balanced, what it can actually do is one, start baby off in a suboptimal position for your individual pelvis, right? Now this may not be posterior, this is just an example. Um, a suboptimal position for your pelvis and two, as Bubby descends, bubs can get a little bit stuck within the pelvis. So let's break this down a touch further. So if Bubby's in a suboptimal position to start, okay, first of all, labor may not start in the first place. When your body isn't ready and your body knows that it's out of balance, it is likely to not start labor or to start it later than it originally would have if your body was in perfect balance. So um, labor can present, prevent on starting. Now, the baby might not be able to engage, which is the head entering into that inlet of the pelvis and or continue to descend down because they're in the wrong position for your shape of the pelvis. So everyone's internal shape of their pelvis is completely different. This sacral prominence might be more prominent, um, 
prominent or less prominent in certain women. This shape might be more oval, might be more circular or kidney bean shape. These ischial spines may stick in a fair bit or they may be very blunt. And these um, sits bones for the outlet, they may be more narrow, they may be wider, plus the tailbone may stick in heaps, it may actually not and stick out heaps. So every single woman is different. Now, that's why it's important to be individual with your own body. And as long as we know we've got balanced ligaments, we can trust our baby is going to be in the optimal position for our individual pelvis. And our individual ligaments will guide baby through my individual pelvis. Now, um, sorry, that was a bit of a tangent, but um, also having imbalance in the ligaments can encourage baby to maybe be breech be posterior or to be transverse, which all of these positions are going to create difficulties with a vaginal birth and or not allow vaginal birth to happen at all in the first place. So secondly, the baby can get stuck within the pelvis. So as I was saying, there's ligaments all within the pelvis. Now they guide baby to flex and rotate to descend their way through. Now, if they're out of balance and they're tight, they literally create an obstruction within the pelvis. So you might have a tight ligament coming straight across along here. And it's literally like shutting a gate of the pelvis. Bubby's trying to get through, but there's this big gate that's covering half of the pelvis that they can't even get down. So this will one, prevent baby from descending down, or two, prevent baby from even um, being able to rest its head on the cervix, preventing that cervix from opening. So. This is what um, may be referred to as an obstructed labor. And what's really fascinating is that we diagnose about 33% of our babies as obstructed labor, and that's why they go to an emergency cesarean section. However, the World Health Organization actually says that the normal amount for labors to be obstructed is only 3%. So where's the other 30% coming from? And I believe it's coming from imbalance in the ligaments. And if you want to know more about that, um, we talk about it in our VBAC podcast, which you can go back and listen to because it's so fascinating, this concept of obstructed labors. Why in our modern day society, in this hospital system, in our first world country, why are we having so many obstructed labors in comparison to you know, women in Africa birthing behind a bush and they're only having 3% obstructed labors? It's interesting. So um, in regards to what happens in the pelvis, yes, so we're preventing the cervix pressure, not opening the cervix, and we're having a lack of descent over hours and hours. So we're getting these epic contractions over and over and over again, but for whatever reason, babes isn't descending and that cervix isn't opening. So this is creating what we might call a lack of progress, which may go to either a instrumental birth if the cervix is 10 centimeters but babies isn't moving down or it may actually go to um, a cesarean section if the cervix is staying closed so needless to say body balance is so important now how can we achieve body balance so with our NBC mamas we do this mainly through our pregnancy body balance workshops so that's a combination of um, chiropractic techniques of ancient midwifery techniques and also some yogic um, postures as well. Um, we also incorporate it a lot into our yoga um, with the intention to create body balance. So definitely doing a pregnancy specific yoga is 
one of the best things you can do um, for your pregnancy. And I would dare say that a lot of them would be um, accidentally creating body balancing throughout their different um, postures and positions that they're doing throughout pregnancy yoga as well. And I know we definitely do um, with our yoga at Natural Birth Co. So third topic that we'll cover is building strength in the legs and the glutes. So this is actually quite important. Now, I'm not talking about full power lifting here or anything ridiculous like that. Literally just one solid workout a week where we are building strength in the legs and glutes is really important. So when I care for women in the hospital setting, right, they come on in and they say, I really want this natural birth experience, which is amazing. But then they tap out sometimes for three main reasons that I'll see. One, physical exhaustion. Two, mental exhaustion. Three, not quite able to handle the pains of labor. Totally fair call for all those reasons, right? To stop having that natural birth that you wanted to have something like an epidural or a cesarean section that you don't necessarily need. And again, nothing is wrong with either of those things. It's simply just not what that woman entered her birth experience wanting to have. Now, if we can avoid these physical and mental exhaustions and really learn how to cope with the pains of labor, we can really eradicate these different issues that are making us tap out of the birth that we desire into a birth that we don't quite want. So physical exhaustion, when we have strength in the legs and glutes, that is one of the amazing ways to reduce physical exhaustion, increase your longevity of your labor. So you are going to last way longer. If you happen to naturally need to have a longer labor, then that is what some women are meant to have, even if everything's in balance. Sometimes women are meant to have a 20, 30 hour labor. And if you've got some solid strength in the glutes and in the legs, this is going to help you be way more intentionally active throughout your birth for longer, right? So rather than tapping out at 20 hours and being you know, so tired, you just cannot stand up anymore. You just cannot move your body anymore. You're just over it, you're done, you're tired, you're exhausted. And again, totally appreciate where you're coming from with that. Then if we have some fitness and some strength in the legs and glutes, this can really help with, um, with that physical endurance throughout a longer labor. So how we go about that, um, is through Pilates mainly. Uh, we do in our um, yoga do some more powerful strength stuff. However, the mamas do like a little bit of R and R in our yoga, which is totally amazing. So in Pilates, we hit the legs and the glutes hard, and we really use that as our main focus. Now, um, when I'm talking about this strength and this um, endurance. This is more than walking. Walking's great for forms of mobility, but it's not going to build that strength that I'm talking about. So the best way to do this, Pilates is amazing for pregnancy. Um, you can do some really, really lightweight stuff at the gym if you wanted to, if you feel so inclined and it feels great for your body. Um, but a really great way to get this easily is literally just doing a bunch of squats and lunges at home. And we work on this in our body balance workshop. We only do like five in the workshop, but you are more than welcome to do heaps more. Um, and that is the best way to build your endurance in the pregnancy. Lunges and squats. Lunges is only if you don't have pelvic girdle pain, by the way. 
Um, it's just a really fantastic way to build the strength and it creates heaps of mobility um, while you're doing it as well. So, and it also opens the inlet of the pelvis, creating space for babes to engage. So lunges and glutes are just amazing. Um, now, just as a little bit of a disclaimer, we do not recommend doing intense weights um, at the gym and during pregnancy, especially when not under the guidance of a personal trainer or a physiotherapist. So just as a heads up, I would probably, and like all for the gym, love the gym, I would really advise against using this very short amount of time of your life, like we're talking about six months, you know, it's not going to hurt you having that time off the gym and trying something else that's maybe slightly more appropriate for pregnancy. We've already got, as the so you have like your core network, right? You have your abdominals at the front, your obliques at the sides, you've got your back muscles, and then you've got your pelvic floor at the bottom, diaphragm at the top. Now, this is our like intra-abdominal area, and we're already increasing the pressure in there by so much, by just being pregnant, having a baby, having amniotic fluid, having a placenta. All these things are increasing the weight in our abdominals. Now, we don't need to increase that more by lifting heavy weights, holding our breath, all of this sort of stuff. It's honestly, I feel it's just not appropriate in pregnancy. Doing some more lightweight exercise is really, really amazing for pregnancy. Um, yeah, otherwise we're just putting such an extra load on our pelvic floor, which is going to make that pelvic floor even weaker for birth and just even difficult that, you know, you want to be able to have a soft pelvic floor for the sake of birth. And, um, this is in regards to body balancing and also women's health physio sort of stuff. But you want to have a soft pelvic floor for birth so baby can get the hell out. However, if we're doing weights all the time and we're really switching on that pelvic floor so that we're not weighing ourselves as we're doing weights up and down um, because we've got so much intra-abdominal pressure in there, then we're just making life way more harder for ourselves, making birth way more harder for ourselves, making postnatal recovery way more difficult. So... I invite you to use this as a good reason to take some time off the gym and try a different form of exercise just for the space of pregnancy and your early postnatal period. All right, number four, maintaining some mild core work um, to reduce abdominal separation and also to improve your postnatal recovery. Now, to be completely honest, this isn't hugely impactful to your actual natural birth experience, okay? so. Full disclaimer there, however, it is really amazing for your postnatal recovery. Um, the physio mamas who listen to this are going to really appreciate me adding this in um, because birth is one thing, but man, being a mama is a whole other experience. And if you can help your future mama self by having a good postnatal recovery, you're going to save yourself a world of annoyance, frustration, time, guilt, all sorts of things. Um, if you can make your postnatal recovery rate way better by doing some gentle core exercises. Now, um, I really advise this is definitely not crunches. This is not what I'm talking about. And I really advise not just doing this on your own accord, um, but doing this under the, um, the class or the guidance of someone like me who, you know, obviously specializes in pregnancy or someone like a women's health physio who specializes in pregnancy. Um, I definitely don't advise in um, just watching a random Instagram reel and following that because a lot of those things are created by people who have no idea um, and they're not qualified to be able to advise that stuff. So 
yeah, we really don't don't want to be doing crunching exercises during pregnancy. That's actually very counterproductive to your postnatal recovery, and will actually um, make your postnatal recovery more difficult. So, yes, amazing. Now, they are the four things that I wanted to cover today. So, I wanted to also brush up on what can prepare you from physically preparing yourself for birth. What makes it difficult? Because obviously I see this all the time with my mummers. Um, some have a harder time than others. So first of all, pelvic girdle pain is something that can really prevent it. Now, I totally appreciate that. There are different severities of pelvic girdle pain. Um, if you're on the worse end, definitely see a woman's health physio. Like honestly, they are the, the one other profession aside from myself that I really recommend doing in pregnancy and I think every single woman and whether they're experiencing pain or not should go and see a woman's health physio in their second trimester and also after birth um, but if you've got severe pelvic girdle pain 100% non-negotiable to go see a woman's health physio and get that get that sorted and this is for not only the comfort of your pregnancy but usually if you've got pelvic girdle pain it's a really solid indication that there's other imbalances going on that could very potentially impact your birth experience. Okay, so really great to get that stuff sorted in um, in pregnancy. Now, the other thing is, um, yes, pelvic girdle pain. So if it's not super duper hectic and it's just a little bit of pain, you're getting towards the end of your pregnancy. In our body balance workshop, we actually go really quite deep into pelvic girdle pain how to prevent it happening in the first place and how to treat more mild cases um, and how to balance your body while avoiding triggering your pelvic girdle pain if you do have that. So um, now the second reason that can make it more difficult to prepare yourself physically for birth is that you have general pregnancy discomforts, inflexibility or lack of strength. So when you're already feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm so far from being fit or being flexible, doing something like yoga and Pilates can seem a little bit intimidating and I totally appreciate that. Now, the best thing is to just start. It's only gonna get worse. The longer you leave it, the harder it's gonna be and the less time you're gonna have. You have nine months that you're pregnant. That's not very long at all. It goes so quickly. So if you're kind of fluffing about all nervous for 10 weeks, not coming to yoga or Pilates because you're nervous that you're gonna be behind. You're gonna be way more behind coming 10 weeks later in pregnancy and and also not having had done the 10 weeks that you would have done already. Honestly, even if you can just do one class a week of something, it massively, massively increases your flexibility and strength. I've honestly been amazed with the mamas that come through. How much their flexibility and strength increases and even their coordination and everything just from doing consistently keyword one class a week and two classes even better three classes amazing so yes if you can consistently just come just come just start like literally the biggest difference i see is just choosing to and it's all well and good to be like yeah i really want to prepare for my natural birth but then, you know, there's a million and one reasons as to why you don't end up going. It gets to the Monday afternoon at three o'clock and you're like, actually, nah, I've got work to do. I've got kids to pick up. Um, I've got to organize dinner. I'm tired. There's so many good, valid excuses in pregnancy. The difference is just deciding, like, cool, I've got these excuses. I'm going to do it anyways. 
yeah, I'm tired, I'm going to go anyways. I'm feeling this, I'm going to go anyways. I'm behind in this, I'm going to go anyways. And that is honestly the biggest difference that I see between my mamas who come to class consistently and the mamas who don't is they just decide. You've just got to decide. We're all so good at it. I am just as good at that, coming up with excuses to, to not do something, spe- um, specifically exercise. It's so easy to. Um, so yeah, definitely not having a go because I'm not saying that I'm any better. But when it comes to birth prep, this is only a short amount of time. Just decide. If it's something that you really, really want, decide you're going to do it. There's going to be all these excuses that could potentially pop up and you're going to do it anyways. And the thing is with yoga and Pilates, you can put in as much effort as you want. It's not like going to the gym pre-pregnancy where you're kind of encouraged to push yourself and everyone in there is like kind of ging you up like, go, 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 go harder. In pregnancy Pilates, like honestly, sometimes mom is even just chilling child's pose for a while if you're just feeling a bit over it and then you'll get back into it. So yeah, just go, just arrive, just put the shoes on, just get in the car, just drive there. And then you're like, oh, fuck, well, I better go to class anyways because I'm already here. So yeah, just decide if it's something that you want to do. Now, the third reason is that you have other kids. Again, a completely valid reason for it to be difficult to get to something like yoga and Pilates or, or a fitness class in general for pregnancy. So if you have other kids, um, See how you go. Are you the type when you're being really, really, really honest with yourself? Are you the type that can be um, like where you can make yourself do classes at home in your own time? If that's the case, there are heaps of online options, including we've got some coming ourselves. The Body Balance um, workshop is online. Um, Can you make yourself do it yourself? Go for it. There's heaps of different options out there for you. If not, would maybe doing live classes suit you? So like, you know, you're booked in for an eight o'clock class that's online and you're kind of seeing and talking to the person online. If so, maybe that's a good option for you as well Um, because then it's making you show up at that time rather than in the next half hour, in the next half hour, in the next half hour. Oh, day's done. I'll just do it tomorrow. Again, speaking from experience. Yes, otherwise, can you come up with a bit of a routine? I know um, some of my mamas who come with a toddler and they're just, again, super duper dedicated. They've decided birth prep is something I'm going to prioritize. So they've organized a little, um, what do you call it, like kid minding schedule where, you know, one of the grandparents will mind the kid on the Monday night, the Wednesday night, the husband can make sure that they're home to look after them. And then on the Sunday, the husband's, you know, off so um, she can come to class. So they might be how they do it. Um, you might even have a friend. You might even swap out where you look after your friend's kid for a day and then they look after your kid for a day if you feel a bit guilty. But definitely, again, don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to ask for help. And like letting them know, you can say, no, totally fine. I just thought I'd see what you're up to these days for the next remainder of my pregnancy. Remember, it's not forever. People love the opportunity to help out. I know whenever my girlfriends say, Um, you know, ask me if I can babysit their baby. I'm always so stoked to, and I'm always telling them like, let me know when you're free and you guys want to go for a date night. I'll let, I'll babysit. And it makes the person feel so good. So ask the question, ask the question for help, ask for help. Amazing. So that's everything we had for our physical preparation. Next week, I think we're going to go into mental prep. And then following weeks, we'll go into partner prep. 
Hope you enjoy and talk to you soon. you being here all of our podcasts are recorded live in the facebook group so you are not only the first to listen to the podcast but you are able to ask questions throughout the podcast if you wish to jump into the facebook group the link is in the show notes i would really appreciate if you left a five-star written review shared this podcast with someone who would appreciate or even share your recent listen on your social stories talk to you soon